Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares. An inside look at the everyday, every week, every hour conversations we have at our table. Today, we are taking some time to unpack some updates in the financial planning world. Claims made by personalities in the financial planning industry. This week, we're going to talk about Dave Ramsey and his wild claim of an 8% withdrawal rate in retirement. The financial planning world is blowing up about this, babe. <laughs> but anyways, we basically stumbled upon this conversation because we were going to talk about something else entirely. Yeah. And here we are. Good old Dave. Yeah, and I think it speaks to reputation and what do you do when you're wrong and what Ash would coach him on if she was his professional coach, which if you're interested in hiring her... <laughs> uh, Feel free to direct any inquiries through me. She's available at a very affordable hourly rate of $100,000 per hour. <laughs> per hour. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We'll give you a 50% discount if you sign up today. Friends and family discount. <laughs> Perfect. Well, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy. You were so mad at that. He didn't know how to respond to you. Yeah, but honestly, like... But you just weren't asking questions. You were asking accusatory questions. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the kids' fault. Talking. Okay. So you just gave me chocolate? It's just like, babe, let's start with, what the heck is a choco concrete? Okay. I saw the picture on the menu. <laughs> and I said, okay, that looks interesting. I'm going to order that. And I walk up. Oh, wait, we drive around. And I order a chocolate concrete, whatever. I don't know. I just saw the picture and it said chocolate concrete. I was like, that looks cool. I want that. And there were things in it? Yeah, there was a ton of stuff in it. Okay, that you know, I like, like that might have been the custom part. You know, I like chunky stuff in the ice cream. <laughs> no, which is why you were so I was upset. so upset. Okay, so when you were ordering it, I wasn't really paying attention. When Me you neither. Were ordering it. I saw the picture. I saw it was labeled chocolate concrete. But did she ask any questions? She gave me a look and she was like, so what? You just want chocolate? I was like, I mean, I don't know what you mean, but like I thought she meant, do you want any other ice cream flavors in your chocolate concrete? She said, do you want anything else in it first? No, she just looked at me and she was like, so you just want chocolate? She just randomly said that. Yeah, she I said, I want a, I want a chocolate concrete. Whatever the crap that is. I don't care what it is now. Okay. And she just looked at me. It's like, so you just want chocolate? I was like, yeah, I want chocolate. Like, it's chocolate concrete. There's chocolate in it. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so you didn't get anything else in it, it sounds like. Apparently not. So you when we got the, the chocolate concrete was whatever was in the picture where they probably added all the extra. Babe, when you go to McDonald's and you order a Big Mac, you expect to get a Big Mac. I just, the poor kid, we pulled up and he was so upset. You were like, wait, what is? Yeah, because I was like, where's the concrete? It's just Choco. <laughs> Did you say that for real? No, I didn't. I was just like, so do you usually get toppings if you were to order this? And he was like, well, I would. I was like, well, can we add the actual stuff that's supposed to go in and he was like well i can give it to you as a side he was like you want me to do your job is what i had in mind like i was that's thinking kind of how you asked him questions too though you you went into that like accusatory questioning <laughs> the kid was just like dude 
You this is what you ordered. <laughs> That's the thing is I don't know whether or not I was understood. I think first you thought you weren't given the correct thing, and then I think you were very upset that the no. I think I think before I gave him the card itself was as much as it was. <laughs> yeah, I think before I gave him the card, he said a chocolate concrete just chocolate. I was like, okay, something is wrong here. I was like, wait. So does that mean it's just custard? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is not right. <laughs> We're so. I'm so sorry. I've been upset. I've been cranky the rest of the night. Just a little pants. Well, it's just like a, a little cranky pants. Well, we already were dealing with Evie, who wanted Dunkin' Donuts and then Krispy Kreme and then ice cream. <laughs> so we were like going all around town. Chaka Concrete. What the heck kind of name is that anyway? I don't even know if it's called that, but whatever. We're not I'm not going back there anymore. Okay. They've lost me as a patron forever. (laughs) Forever. Yeah, I'm never going back there. I love it. It's traumatizing. Anyways. You said you had some questions. First I wanted to start with how how has your week been? It's not been the greatest. But I will say today, you know, I'm doing I'll say this. Better than I deserve. No, I'm oh kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gosh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to get into that, babe. I'm kidding. Babe. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. I, anybody who actually knows me knows I would never <laughs> say that. Not that I don't agree with it, but it's just, to me, that feels like a, I'm not going to really answer kind of an answer. Yeah. If you say that, you are more than welcome to say that, but I oh, will be okay. like, are you just saying that? I yeah, I was just saying it to say. It. Oh, I thought you were saying it because of what Dave Ramsey said this past week. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're not getting into that. Okay, that's why I thought you said that. <laughs> 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 I forgot he says that. Okay, so anyways, I'm I'm genuinely doing better than I was last week. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. That's all I'm gonna say about my week. It's been a. It's just, it's been a cluster, mm-hmm. a cluster cuss. How so? I, t- I told you I don't want to talk about it. Wow, you're going to leave me on the edge of my seat like this? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to leave, you know, so I'm going to leave everybody else on the edge of their seat. If you're listening to this and you're curious, and you can just reach out to me, I'll tell you. Wow. My number is 434. 1-800. 867-530. What number is that? <laughs> It's a song. Oh. You're too young to know that one. I wasn't even thought of when that song came out. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was... I'm still thinking about what Dave Ramsey said and how crazy that was that he makes this claim that you can withdraw 8% of your portfolio safely berates his employee yeah that was the first part that was just like wow why even if your employee was wrong you don't have to say it that way Ooh, I, I, let's unpack that yeah because you know being the chief talent development officer that you were once were <laughs> just call me chief <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that was like public humiliation yes and the the problem was he was wrong Yes. Yeah, and his employee was actually right in that situation. Yeah. So. And you could kind of tell that 
in the little clip that we listened to that that girl that lady that's with him is actually his, his daughter, daughter yeah. yeah okay but um she's like trying to push back on it as much as a daughter can yeah and yeah he i just th- doubles down and but you said that that's because he's you say he's an s type oh i mean it's true though so i think that this is just my i mean i don't know dave ramsey from no one i don't know him personally well he he says better than i deserve a lot (laughs) yeah i i've seen plenty of him though and i would say his stuff is extremely helpful for many people who are in severe debt you know so there's that okay i'll give him credit for that but what a little bit rubs me the wrong way about some of the way that he talks, some of the claims that he makes is that he makes a very generic or broad claims apply specifically to someone's situation when, when it doesn't always fit in that way. Mm -hmm. And so, but he does it with extreme confidence. And so I just think it takes a little bit more intuitive thinking to understand to or i guess to be able to think about things in a more nuanced way and not so generally Mm -hmm. you're you're trying to apply general principle very specifically sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't it depends on the situation and somebody who thinks that way is more what rather than intuitive (laughs) yes i think it's it's a difference between this is going back to you know Myers Myers Briggs personality assessments which I just not I don't think it's wrong I just think personality assessments can be dangerous and that they box people in and anyways that's a whole other conversation there's you know it's the difference between the s and the n the sensing types and versus the intuitive types Sensing types tend to take the data that is immediately in front of them Mm -hmm. and maybe have a harder time making connections to other data points or considering what data is missing before they make assumptions. Intuitive types. Why is it called sensing? um, it's It's a little bit more taking in information through your senses. Oh, okay. So... In the sense that, no pun intended, in the sense that the inputs that you're receiving is all that you are It's what's immediately basing in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Your decisions so, on. He stands by claims and assumptions that are based on, you know, like I said, the data that's immediately in front of him. And some of that might be outdated the next time he talks to somebody, by the next time he talks to somebody else. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so... I think if if you are going to speak with such confidence, yeah. then you need to be agile and be able to pivot. Yeah, and continue to be up to date on your research and and your gathering of data. Yeah. So if you're not going to do that and you're just going to base it on your past experience and what has worked for other people and maybe even a lot of people, eventually you're going to be wrong. Because it's not going to be relevant or apply anymore. Those people have a hard time it's, making agile yeah. steps out of that and m- moving forward. It's just funny because the people that are the the people that are reacting to Dave Ramsey's 
claim of that mm-hmm. are people that have actually done the math correctly, <laughs> like in this in the CFP world or like the financial planning world. And so you could argue that it's almost like his data is being refuted by more current data. Yeah. And so it's it's just wild seeing the reaction that everybody's having. Yeah. And there's a lot of supporters of FM and, you know, rightfully so. Like I said, he's helped a lot of people get out yeah. of debt. But, you know, I think he should focus on getting helping people get out of debt. <laughs> yeah, I think he should stay in his lane. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, it is, I think, in almost every case, I, I almost didn't say always, but I think for a leader, I don't think there's a circumstance that really warrants your publicly humiliating mm. one of the people under your leadership, even if they are wrong. Yeah. I think there are ways that you can speak to that without throwing them under the bus and making them look like an idiot in front of everybody. I mean, he he was really abrasive. Yeah. And, and again, the thing is, he was wrong and his employee was right. So that yeah. makes him like... I don't know. That's like doubly like you humiliated your employee, but mm-hmm. in this case, your employee was right and you were wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I don't know. That calls for like corrective action. If you're not going to, I don't know, have the balls to like apologize for that or I don't, I don't know. Maybe he has, but like if he hasn't taken yeah. any action on that from that time, that says a lot about his character. Yeah, I haven't looked at it closely enough uh, to know whether or not there's been a reaction or he's apologized or anything. And I initially just wanted to pull up that clip of his radio show to see when he said it. Uh-huh. And then when I, when you and I heard how he said it, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you don't need to make a spectacle of the error. Mm-hmm. Even, let's say in that situation, let's say his ploy- employee was wrong. And the information that he was sharing was correct, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case. But let's just say it was. Mm-hmm. You don't have to focus on the error. You can state the correct, like you can say, hey, this is what you should do without having to highlight or focus on what was incorrect. And see, you know this, is, I mean? this is probably where it's hard for him to pivot out of that because in how he approaches getting people to realize the magnitude of their debt problem he does point out the problem yeah and he really says like he makes it a very pronounced thing that you know you i don't know i'm thinking of a scenario of like you make 50k a year but you have a hundred thousand dollar car or you have a hundred fifty thousand dollars in loans across student loans auto loans and personal loans Mm -hmm. And he like really let makes people sit in that mm-hmm. so that they become uncomfortable to the point that they realize like that's something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, his ability to cut through to the problem and tease that out has helped him become as probably as helpful and influential as he has been in his sphere. Mm-hmm. But then you translate that over to a principle that he actually is mathematically incorrect with now he's having a harder time pivoting out of that right oh you need to recognize that 
hey, my employee, you're an idiot. Like he literally said it like so strongly. He did. And the thing is, if you're going to talk like that, at least be able to turn the, the mirror back when you're the one who was wrong. Yeah. Like if you're going to make other people sit with their problems, but you can't sit when you're you're the problem, like mm-hmm. you made the mistake and you can't turn that mirror around and highlight your mistake in the same way. I just think that's really hypocritical. Yeah. That's hypocritical character. And so, yeah, that's fine. If you want to highlight other people's problems all day, every day, but you better do that to yourself or else you have no right to do that to other people. I don't care how successful you are. So that's just how I feel about that. Again, like he's helped a lot of people. I'm not going to deny that, but you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just running out of steam. I don't know. Maybe he's just getting burnt out or something. I don't know. Maybe he had a bad day. Who knows? I don't know. But that was, I think that was poor character. Yeah. Or at the very least, or at the very least, really poor execution. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's where I want to go with our conversation with Dave Ramsey. Imagine this, love. Okay. Picture yourself as somebody who just got hired as a consultant. Okay. At Ramsey Incorporated LLC. (laughs) Okay. And you watched that video. Yeah. And you are Dave Ramsey's personal professional coach. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's where I wanted to go to. Okay. What are some of the things that you would coach him through Mm -hmm. in order for him to not be the way that he is? (laughs) Or maybe like if... If if I were his coach, I, I could give him a few tips. People always have areas for improvement. Okay. Right. And sometimes, you know, that that instance, that episode where he just had his episode threw his employee under the bus. Yeah. For something that his employee was actually correct on and he himself was wrong on. I would have plenty of things that we could talk about from that conversation. But that could have just been a bad day for him, a bad episode. Who knows what was going through his head when he was saying that? Yep. I think the first thing, if I were working with him as a leader, the first thing I would want to address is, hey, let's talk about how you talked about your employee. Mm. That's the first thing I would address. He would probably say, well, he was wrong and he needs to know that he was wrong. Okay. And we can't be, because he literally said, we can't be endorsing this kind of crap. Yeah, this kind on of garbage. Our, in our in our websites and in our marketing. Yeah. It was like, poof. So here is where I would take him as a leader. This isn't a matter... To the cleaners. (laughs) When it comes to how we address our people, how we talk about our people, how we correct mistakes, many times it's not about what's right or wrong. Because you correcting your employee is the right action, and that will you will always have a defense for that. What we're talking about is is the way that you did it effective or not for your employee understanding what was wrong and what to do to make it right moving forward. Is the way that you address that effective? And that's where leaders have a hard time. It's so much. It's it's easy to judge if your action was right or wrong. Yeah. It is very difficult as a leader or anybody for that matter to judge, was my action effective for accomplishing the goal or not? Mm-hmm. 
And what's hard is that our intent gets in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And so we assume that our intent is always leads to perfect execution. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm tracking. And so you have to be able to separate your intent from your execution. From your execution. Because we don't judge other people like that. We judge ourselves by our intent and we judge other people strictly by their execution, yeah. regardless of their intent. Irregardless. <laughs> no, re- regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the first place I would go with it. Yeah. Is let's talk about this. Because if you want your employees to, to know how to correct their errors into not make mistakes moving forward. Yeah. Let's talk about how we effectively address that. So in his case, his intent obviously is to make sure that his messaging is succinct and that everybody that represents him, his name, his image, his likeness, yeah, his reputation, yeah. His reputation is not tainted by bad information. Right. So like that's his intent. Yeah. And this is where I would go then is okay. Is you bad-mouthing your employee, what does that say about your character? And then what does that do for your reputation? Boom. So you you have to help them see, like, this is where we're getting into effective versus ineffective. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because what you meant as an effective corrective action could actually be an ineffective way to ruin your reputation moving forward. Yeah. Which he did have a lot of backlash from that. And it has negatively impacted his reputation. That doesn't mean that he hasn't, that negates all the people that he's helped get out of debt. Right. Up to that point. But it could impact how many people want to be helped by him moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you kind of get into the nitty gritty with leaders. And you have to say like, this is about really being able to evaluate. How do we effectively correct our people? Blasting them in front of everybody could actually... I mean, yeah, maybe you are correcting them, but you also could be hurting your reputation, which is the very thing you're trying to correct mm-hmm. in that interaction. <laughs> you're actually undoing it. And so let's talk about maybe a more effective way to repair what you feel like is a tainted reputation <laughs> while simultaneously correcting in a way that doesn't further damage that reputation. So, yeah, I think... In his case, what he specifically did was focus on the error. And I think anybody in sales or who has a sales background, is, you know, I think might agree that it's really not ever a good idea to focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. You want like you want to get to the solution mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And so in that case where that person, that listener is saying, hey, I received this information from this employee. If Dave Ramsey thought that was wrong, yeah, which we know wasn't the case. Dave Ramsey himself was wrong. His employee was accurate. Yep. But in that instance, if he thought, if his employee had been wrong and he had been correct in what he was going to share, he could have just focused on sharing the correct thing. He didn't have to highlight and throw his employee under the bus the way that he did. Right. It doesn't give people much confidence for the people working for him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It like it makes it seem like he doesn't have good people working for him when he focuses on the problem or the employee who did this thing wrong. Don't focus on that. Everybody makes mistakes. People can stomach that and get over that. 
if you still just point them to the solution. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I think one of the lessons learned is that doesn't matter how wrong it is, you sh- should still talk in a way that is not so off-putting or, you know, it was like really, it felt like a, it was a very uncomfortable thing to listen to. Yeah. Having somebody that you're paying be so belittled like that. Right. And now we're in the age of technology where those could, those little snippets, and that could have just been a moment, you know? Yeah. Yep. Those little snippets of conversation where I'm sure he could probably look back and realize that was not the best way to say that. Those are forever etched in the internet world. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is, especially when you're working in a field where you're providing a service like he is, you don't want to lose the trust. You don't want to erode the trust of the people who are working underneath you. Again, people are going to make mistakes. Yeah. It's inevitable. And when you erode your customer's ability to trust your empl- in your employees' competence because you speak in such a disrespectful way about it. Like there's nothing, he did not speak respectfully of his employee. Mm-hmm. And so it communicates to the person listening that he doesn't think highly of that person or their competence. Because the information that person was giving was quote unquote garbage. Mm-hmm. That doesn't set that employee up to be able to work with any clients moving forward. Who is going to want to work with a person who's given out garbage information? Right. And so it, as a leader, if you want to not only correct your employee's mistakes, but also still allow for there to be trust between you and the client moving forward then you have to speak respectfully of your people. Right. You have to show that you respect them enough to have hired them and chosen them and right. you know put them on your team. So Yeah, there's just so many dynamics about that that would that was really inappropriate for a leader. I think poor poor judgment on his part to speak that way, to address that you know what he thought was an inaccuracy that way. Yeah. To do it so publicly, I think, was really just poor judgment mm-hmm. in almost every account. And the real kicker is that he was wrong. Yeah, that was what made it so crazy to begin with, was that the reason it became so viral or so, like, the, the reason a lot of people pushed back against what he had to say or reacted to what he had to say was because it was wrong data. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about that as much as it is the way that he conveyed mm-hmm. that to the people that he you know his employee the person he was talking to in that conversation never mind the fact that it was wrong because mm-hmm. i think potentially what's more damaging too than the reputation of the employee and also dave's own reputation is that if people actually take that advice yeah like that that's real damage if you yeah. just like blindly apply that and I don't know. It just makes it seem like he he kind of gathered this data or these principles that he came up with and he was able to build his business through these principles he's developed. And I don't know how old they are, but 
you know, you got to keep checking those things to whether or not they particularly like numbers. Yeah. You know, other principles of like, you should live within your means. Okay. That's timeless. Right. But specific percentages as a principle that you should abide by in any market condition, no matter what's happened historically or what we project to happen, you could already tell that that's, that that's impossible to be timeless because there's just so many factors that could potentially impact what that number should be. So I think what I would, if I were his professional coach, mm-hmm. I would just Let be me like, hear it, babe. what's that? No, I would just, I would just help him identify what principles are truly timeless mm. versus what principles do you teach on that are actually time sensitive and that you would have to continue updating on. And timeless principles are ones that you can continue defending articulating correcting on and like building your foundation on if they truly are timeless whereas time sensitive ones should be ones that you should continue doing more research on as to whether or not that snapshot in times data set is still Mm -hmm. applicable to the advice that you should be giving yeah at that time frame and so i think he just started mixing he just started mixing a lot of different things timeless principles with time sensitive ones yeah correcting people on timeless principles versus not and then getting people to the awareness that they're wrong about something which he has built his business on yeah right you need to open your eyes that you're in so much that like he yells into his mic yeah and and just berates these people of like how much debt they've accumulated but now we're talking about an employee that's on your payroll that is supposed to boost your reputation. Right. And you've just belittled them. So I think making sure that you keep track of like what sphere you're in was probably something that is probably something that I would suggest he should do because I think in that moment he probably got a lot of those things mixed up. Yeah. That's so. good, babe. I would hire you as my coach. <laughs> $100,000 an hour. Whoa. Low, 10 easy payments. <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah I, it, was a, it was an interesting thing that we ran across this week and I think revealed a lot more than just... I don't know. I reacted to it mostly because of how incorrect it was and the implications of the people that will actually follow his advice. Yeah. And then it's also interesting to unpack the implications for the organization mm-hmm. and having somebody at the top act the way that he does. And again, it's, we don't know what happened after that. Yeah. We don't know. And I, I haven't closely followed it. I don't follow him too closely either, but the beauty of the internet is everything's everything you say is immortalized. And so who knows how long this will continue circulating and at least in the, in the world of financial planning. Yeah, and that would be really unfortunate for him because he has helped a lot of people, you know, right. out of debt. And so I think it's a good reminder for leaders that, man. Yep, a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is, you know. That probably felt, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know what he... I don't know what what he got out of addressing that the way that he did, but man, like the implications of that, I think are going to follow him for quite a while. 
it was an hour and 40 minutes into the segment. So it probably could have been that, you know, he needed a bathroom break or was uncomfortable or something. Yeah. His back was itchy. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think uh, there probably was, there's just a ripple effect to what you think you're just saying momentarily to correct something. Yeah. So especially at that level of audience that you might have or the influence that you've had on people that really look to you or look up to you in helping them achieve some of these financial goals they've set for themselves. Yeah. Yep. I was going to ask you, uh, how would you help him bounce back from that if you were his coach? I would actually take the next immediate segment that I have available and clarify and apologize. And I would say I was caught up in the heat of the moment. I am somebody that really wants to abide by the things that I believe in and teach that and be consistent with that. And in trying to defend what I've built up, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. I inadvertently spoke poorly of George and and then validate him. Like, this guy's qualified. I've hired him because he's intelligent. And, like, literally, I, I would publicly have him do that so that would be the maybe a good place to start because again if it's like what they say it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and a moment to ruin it so i think a lot it could go a long way for him to actually take a moment to clarify it especially with a lot of the financial planning backlash that he's receiving yeah for sure I think leaders underestimate how important it is to take responsibility when you are wrong and to apologize. Yeah. I don't know why some leaders, I I don't even think it's that they don't want to apologize, but I think in their mind, somehow that undermines their leadership. Yeah. And maybe to admit failure, you know, but it's actually the opposite. I saw from hundreds of leaders who would take responsibility and in front of their people apologize do exactly you know the thing that you said you know i i misspoke here or you know i said this about so and so and affirmed that person or whatever it was man it was the response overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. is more trust right is more putting your people at ease knowing that they have a leader who can take responsibility for their actions. Right. So it's just interesting. And I, th- I think, you know, that even translates over into marriage. It translates over into parenting. It's so, I, I see the benefit mm-hmm. to Evie when I can stop and say, like, Evie, I was wrong. You know, you don't deserve to be treated like that or spoken to like that. And yep. um, just taking responsibility, I think... We just need to kind of flip the script of thinking that somehow that usurps our authority to understanding that it really it really is the thing that can repair trust. Yeah. And and even lead people to more than before the offense occurred, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I should probably take this time, babe, publicly apologize. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're a great husband. <laughs> 
Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with Tatares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore.com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.